Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I am David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yes. Welcome back. Thank you for having me back. Absolutely. Thank you no. for not replacing me permanently with Kyle Anderson. No problem. And, and, I'm sure uh, you did a great job. I haven't listened yet. Oh, that's yeah, he, he did. I, I really enjoyed that conversation. And hopefully the listeners did as well. So special thanks to Kyle for stepping in. Uh, yes, uh, but yeah, was, welcome back and happy uh, welcome back and happy birthday. Yes, that's thank you, thank you. That's why I was gone is because I was celebrating the big three zero. Yeah, in uh, the Windy City. <laughs> All right, then I guess we're done with that. Yeah, um, that's that's that. But uh, um, okay, uh, I I was trying to think of uh, some some quick updates. One, this is not that big of a deal, but okay. uh, I didn't want to specify. Uh, I announced the prize package winners last episode. I did not specify allow some time for shipping because we're still like getting the yeah, prize packages together. Getting stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So allow four to 30 weeks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There is some stuff that we don't have yet. Right. Um, but that's not... We're going to get it. Um, one thing got rerouted back to the sender. Oh, I didn't um, know that. Yeah, I hadn't caught you up on that. But okay. um, I, I mentioned how um, Magnolia was sending us a sort of grab bag of yeah. stuff. They they sent it, and um, it went back to them. So they're sending it to a different address now. Oh, okay. So I should have it uh, very soon. So that's just... Yeah, I, I think we have most of the other stuff. Yeah, and I do need to get some stuff from uh, Graham Elwood. I was about to send him an email like two weeks ago. And say like, hey, when can I get that stuff from you? And then I saw like a tweet from him saying like, oh, enjoying, you know, entertaining the troops here in uh, wherever it is in the Middle East he is. Right. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> I think I'll hold off yeah, yeah. for a while. I think he's got other things to worry about. But uh, but yeah, okay. so allow time for that. I also, speaking of getting stuff in the mail, I want to thank a listener. I haven't, I forgot to bring the stuff. Um, and we will we will be referring to it simply as the stuff. I'm not going to say what it was. Is it a DVD of the of the 80s horror movie the stuff uh no but oh. yeah let's say yes um i want to thank andrew for sending us and sending me and sean over previously on some stuff we appreciate it thanks for the stuff um very excited and intrigued to yeah. find out what this stuff is yeah uh yeah you should be excited it's exciting stuff oh <laughs> um what else should we uh was there anything that happened sort of in the world of film I guess. Nothing I can think. Oh, I see what you mean. Um, <laughs> While I was gone, um, we're getting into this, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Thing. All right. So, um, all right. Quick preface. Um, and I, I'm not. I'm trying not to be like prickly about this. Uh, oh. But uh, the conversation we're about to have could be viewed as political. I don't think. I don't <laughs> think it is. And I will try. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. It's yeah. too late. So, They've already all turned off the iPods. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I heard politic. Oh, no, I'm not finishing this. Um, but, yeah, it could be viewed that way. I don't think it is. I think it's bigger than that. And I don't want to talk about that part of it. I want to right. talk about the art part of it. Yeah. And so, uh, or the, and we're, we're like the, not necessarily the last venue to talk about this, but, uh, but we're fairly late to the game. Um, yeah. There is a uh, movie out there. Is that what it is? If that's what you want to call it. <laughs> um, called... And you know what? This one fill in the blank as well because I've heard two different titles. Mm-hmm. There, it, I've heard the innocence of Muslims and the innocence of Osama bin Laden. Yeah, the latter is the one that I okay. thought it was. Uh, now, for those that uh, don't know, this was a uh, a movie, quote unquote, uh, really just a sort of propaganda film filled with 
hate speak about uh, Muslims and the Prophet Muhammad and all that kind of thing. Um, and so, like, and it was it was made by a guy. I don't. He is he local? Is he Los Angeles? I, I think he is. Probably. Um, and so he they made this film and put it on they YouTube. They don't call it Weirdo Wood for nothing. Absolutely. You purposely did that, right? What? Because they say Holly Weird, but you chose to say Weirdo Wood. You kept <laughs> the wood part. No, that, um, I just realized I appropriated something. That's uh, an, uh, a running joke from the best show on WFMU. Okay. That had, I guess, gotten so far ingrained in my brain that I just made the joke myself without giving them credit. It happens. That it's, yeah, I apologize for that. We're yeah. none of us perfect. Thanks. To, yeah, credit goes to Tom Sharpling and John Worcester for that, for Weirdo and Wood. And for so many other things. Yeah. So, they're, um... They're so yeah, this uh, this film was released on YouTube uh, a while ago, several months ago. But then, and, and it's a film. All yes, it's it's very negative. It implies I, I I've not seen the film, and I don't want to see it. It sounds really uh, horrendous to me in every single way. Um, but I have read reviews of it, and as far as I can tell, because people are kind of vague about it, as far as I can tell, the film heavily implies that. Muhammad was not merely gay, but that he also was into like male like donkeys and he was also a pedophile. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Uh Here's the thing real quick. If the uh, maker of the film, Nakula Basili Nakula, I don't know if that's how you say it. uh, If he were to come forward and say this was all a big performance art piece, I'd be like, that makes more sense. You've actually uh, than if you were sincere. But um, so it's it's a film that's just completely ridiculously nakedly offensive. Mm -hmm. And so he released it on on YouTube. uh, uh, Like, I think back in, in July and then wisely so intelligently he dubbed the film uh into arabic and uh kind of publicized it in countries that speak arabic and maybe Mm -hmm. aren't too thrilled with the content yeah and uh some people have uh and it actually depicts muhammad which is yes um yeah against the rules i guess yeah yeah like there not only does it depict him it depicts him as all those things I said. Right. So there's there's a, a few layers here. Um, and there are some people that said that, and there have been a lot of protests worldwide uh, about the film. And uh, there are some people that have, I'm not sure if I uh, agree with this assessment. It feels almost too big for one film to do. But there are some people that's, that say that, uh, that link this film and the outrage that it caused to the, uh, the killing of the U.S. ambassador in uh, Libya, I believe, right? Yeah. And, uh, and so I remember I had a discussion with somebody on Facebook um, a few weeks ago in which he commented that, and this is, this is sort of where we're, where we're headed with this, uh, he said something to the, and if you, and listener, by the way, you might be listening to this, and so I apologize if this sounds insulting of you. We had a very nice dialogue afterwards. Um, but he said something to the effect of, I'm all for free speech, but, uh, you know, if, if you are, you know, if, if you do something, whether it be like burn a Koran or something like that, if you do something that you know will result in violence, you're kind of an asshole. Um, uh, 
I guess I agree with that. Yeah, the guy's hey. clearly an asshole. <laughs> um, no, no question about that. Uh, but it's it's one of those things where uh, I my natural reaction is like, well, yes, the guy is an asshole. Maybe the bigger asshole here is the person whose violence is just assumed at this point. <laughs> right. Yes. You know? Uh, yes. And so, but, and so um, there has been uh, some talk, and uh, YouTube, by the way, has since, uh, this is, as of today, it could change tomorrow, who knows, but... Uh, today, the recording. As of today, it's the recording. 27th, 2013. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> oh, man, I must have really uh, zoned out there for a while, but... Um, the uh, so as of today, September twenty uh, seventh. Apparently, the the YouTube account is uh, temporarily disabled in certain parts of the world, uh, parts that are more likely to be uh, offended by this this film. Uh, there have been uh, some people who said that uh, the account should just be completely deleted uh, in everywhere, um, and. Uh, and people that have said that it's very irresponsible and, and that sort of thing. Um, and then what I found interesting was that uh, uh, Iran, as of today, or I think it was, I think it was yesterday, so uh, the 26th, uh, said that they are going to boycott the Oscars um, yeah. because uh, they're not going to submit any films to the Oscars because of, uh, of this, this film. Yeah, that seems odd. And again, we're being generous when we say film. Yeah, that does seem odd to me because we don't have a uh, a state run film industry like yeah. some countries do the uh, a movie having been made by an american doesn't mean that we all signed off on it right and um, i that's one of the things that i like about this place um <laughs> yeah um but i mean that said i have no problem with youtube taking down the video or doing what doing whatever they want because youtube is not the government they right. It's not YouTube's job to protect people's free speech. They can, right. uh, the, the privately owned company, they can put they absolutely can put up or take down whatever they want on their website. Um, so I guess uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how I feel. Uh, I feel like I just said everything I feel about this. I guess it's one of those things where my my first because I have read a lot of my uh, frustration has to do with. Uh, internet comments and such uh because it is surprising to me how many people have said that uh that the guy should be that the filmmaker should be arrested which incidentally he was but not for this yeah uh, i don't want to get into all that it'll take yeah. us way too long um but that but they they said that he should be arrested for making the film and then and then there are people that say like well you know, it's like free speech is good and all that, but you don't yell fire in a crowded theater. Like, and they, and people associate that with, you know, with this, because this guy released something that he knew was going to offend people. That was the purpose of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, and in doing so, he's basically yelling fire in the crowded theater of the world. And I don't agree with that. I I don't think that's a, an accurate, that's a false premise. That's Mm -hmm. begging the question. That's, uh, what liberals like to call a false equivalency. Ooh. Liberals use that word a lot. I know. A lot. Yeah, I know. Um, anyway, <laughs> don't want to get into all that. Yes, let's not. Um, but uh, the, the thing is, yelling fire in a crowded theater is spurring people to act in a panicky way out of self-preservation. Yes. Um, whereas inciting or, or, or aiming to offend someone who 
has been uh, or a group of people who have a reputation for reacting in violent ways mm-hmm. um is that's that's different they still have to make the decision to be violent right. the people in the movie theater people are going to get accidentally hurt or trampled or killed yeah but that's an accident or it's a byproduct mm-hmm. um uh, whereas with this film with this instance the people who react violently still have to make that decision to do so right um so yeah i think he had, I, I will um completely defend that guy's right to make whatever movie Hor- he wants whatever horseshit he wants to make <laughs> yeah whatever he wants that to apparently make. in his view the prophet muhammad would be very interested in uh <laughs> because, yeah it's it, it sounds absolutely atrocious and there's no question that the guy is just a I don't say this very often, kind of a scumbag, um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it is one of those things where it's just like, yeah, he shouldn't, he shouldn't be arrested for it. If, if, if YouTube wants to take it down, by all means, uh, mm-hmm. that's fine. It's sort but, of like when, um, like when Don Imus got fired from CBS radio for, um, what he said about the, I can't remember what school it was, but the, the co- female college basketball team. I don't recall. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of, uh, I think people, people get confused sometimes about what, what the what free speech the freedom of speech entails because mm-hmm. there were uh, there are certain people who say like um who were saying at the time like whatever happened to freedom of speech when don Amos got fired but cbs radio is not they're not the ones who enforce free speech yeah. they have their own interests they can if the government can, stepped in and said you need to fire this man right that would be yes or or if they jailed him for saying that right that that would be um a violation of, of free speech. There was also the, um, oh, who was it? The, was it a Miss America or something who said, a, a Miss America contestant who um, made comments about uh, um, the definition of marriage? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, and then she was on, like, talk shows saying, you know, some people just don't respect your free speech. And that, I just wanted to be like, no, that's not... <laughs> That's not what free speech means. Well, and my first thought is, uh, as strange as it sounds, my first thought is like, well, I mean, you know, Miss America, and in America, we do have the right to say what we want. And then I was like, this isn't a government thing. Like, no, yeah. just because her name is America also, yeah. in the title doesn't mean she is government sanctioned. Um, and uh, if she says, you know, if this woman says that only uh, the marriage is defined only by a man and a woman... She's exercising her free speech. Mm-hmm. And if I say for saying that she is a hateful dipshit, I'm exercising my free speech. Absolutely. Uh, it's, yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a win-win. The, but, and here's the thing. The minute somebody says that either one of you should be locked up. Yes, that's where... Or, or even maybe even fined. I don't know. Uh, just as a function of the government. In, in, in college um, with a friend, um, because... Uh, I went to the colleges you did uh, in southern Missouri for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, a place where, I mean, not that it's rampant, but the KKK does exist in that part of the world. Yes, they do. Um, and, I was, and I had a friend who said, like, why are they allowed to exist? And I felt like I almost had to take the side of the bigot because if the government says that you can't form a group that has this... Um, reason for existing because that, that that is grouped around this one belief because most people don't like that belief mm-hmm. then where do you draw the line then you're going to end up uh you know you, you you could end up setting a precedent that would yeah. 
um, disband other groups, you know, such as, say, uh, I don't know, Occupy Wall Street, which is a less, you know, um, less of a consensus uh, yes. <laughs> there, you know, about, yeah. I mean... Regar- yeah. yeah, regardless of like the the movement in general has an idea. Once you getting start getting specific within no, it, no, like, I also there's... mean less of a consensus among the populace about whether Occupy Wall Street. Oh is a yeah, good yeah. Thing or a bad I see thing. what you mean. Whereas the vast majority of Americans uh, are you know embarrassed that the KKK exists yes. and and uh, and all that. Um, it, it's a it's a little bit more uh, closer to even with Occupy Wall Street or with the Tea Party or anything like that. There is a uh, wonderful uh, and you can you can uh, listen to my episode of uh, More Than One Lesson about Fred Zinneman's A Man for All Seasons. That is available now. Um, and there's a wonderful line in there that I will paraphrase because I don't have it in front of me, in which uh, a character is talking about, like, oh, if, if he, you know, he wishes that he could, like, I don't totally recall, but he wants to, like, go after this guy that is bad. And uh, the main character, Thomas More is like, well, how, you know, there's no law against just being bad. And he's like, well, you know, there should be. And he's like, and so a discussion breaks out about giving the devil the benefit of the law. And this guy and one guy is like, is like, absolutely, I would knock down every law in the world to get to him. And uh, and then Thomas Moore comes back, he's like, oh, OK. And then what happens when he turns around on you and you go to hide behind those laws, but you've knocked all of them down? <laughs> you have nowhere to hide. And it's and it is one of those things like if you knock down all if you knock down all the, you know, first amendment laws to get at someone that you feel like everybody's kind of on board with not liking, you never know what's going to happen in 20 to 30 years. You could find yourself very much in the minority and a particularly hated minority. And you know, it's, it goes the other way as well. I I, I need to listen to that episode. I started listening to it. Mm -hmm. Then I updated my iPhone to iOS six, which is been nothing but a headache for me so far <laughs> and because i had to redo the way i listen to podcasts because mm-hmm. you can't listen to them in the music app anymore you have to download the podcast app yeah. which is not user-friendly so okay. i need to get another podcast app but anyway i think i in rearranging stuff i think i accidentally deleted the episode even though i'd only listened to the first 10 minutes so I need okay to, need to listen to that anyway let's get into the topic absolutely <laughs> let's get into it shall we um speaking of laws i was on jury jury duty today Woo. yesterday and today um and the um, here's the fun thing about uh, jury duty, I guess, compared to me with my office job where I tend to grab some lunch and then go back to my desk and work while I eat. You get a nice long lunch when you do jury duty. Yes, I know. Uh, yes, yeah, yesterday we had two full hours. Today we had an hour and a half. So I just like walked around. I got my I went went to this uh, this place and got a I got a cob salad wrap. Oh, it's delicious. Um, and I sat there. And I finished reading the book I was reading, mm-hmm. which is Cloud Atlas by David Mitchell. Okay. Um, which, now, I know I'm not that far removed from it. Maybe I need some more time to think of it, but is probably one of the greatest novels I've ever read in my entire life. Fascinating. Probably. Um, and so I had heard uh, so much. I, I'd avoided all trailers, and I'd, but I'd heard so much. Part of the reason that I decided to read the book was because when this five minute and 43 second whatever uh, extended trailer came out there was so much buzz about it and and people who had read the book being so excited by what they saw in the trailer so pretty much when i finished the book at my at my lunch i plugged my headphones into my iphone and because uh, that's the way you want to experience this trailer it's on an <laughs> iphone uh run, running ios 6 which is annoying um uh so i immediately like pretty much right away watched uh the trailer 
and then I immediately watched it again, mm-hmm. and then I immediately watched it a couple more times, and then I called you and I said, "Here's what we we should talk about our favorite trailers of all time." Uh, uh, on the podcast tonight and then I watched it a couple more times because I think it's amazing. Okay. So we are going to talk about some of our personal favorite and I think we'll get into maybe what we think are the best you know, uh, trailers of right. all time. But um, I just want to talk a little bit about this Cloud Atlas trailer. I mean, it's probably the longest single trailer I've ever watched for a movie. Well, I tell you, some of those some of those older trailers, it is astounding I how think those long feel they are. Long. <laughs> yeah, that, maybe, yeah, because like, it's yeah, like, the, okay, we're going to take all right, we want to give people a taste of the film. We're going to take 30 seconds from every scene and put them together. <laughs> right. That's what we're going to do. And then we're going to talk to the actors about their parts, like yeah. That Citizen Kane trailer is so weird to me because it's like I do like the Citizen Joseph Kane Cotton trailer because uh, it's yeah. Who else? Agnes Moorhead. Agnes Moorhead and uh Dorothy uh, Comingore and Everett Sloan and Ray yeah. Collins and stuff like that. I, I just find that stuff. I don't know if I like it. I find it. I find it curious that that's how trailer how movies were sold. I mean, that's how that movie was sold. That was not a usual thing. Right, right, it was yeah, a yeah. very uh, different thing, and especially the idea of that mic coming straight to the camera and Wells being very right. much the star of the trailer that he's not in. Uh, <laughs> like there's something worth noting about that. And uh, oh I, yeah, I enjoy we'll get to that. I enjoy that trailer quite a bit. Precisely because it's so strange. But yeah. yes, at the same time, it does still have the structure of a lot of trailers at the time, which just had... They're just so dry. They're so dry and there's so many... Uh, but I mean, even... Uh, like, do you think... We'll, we'll get back to the Cloud Atlas, Atlas trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that trailers get more... As you go through time, trailers get sort of snappier and faster and sort of more uh, emotional, you know, and and, um, exciting because advertisers are learning how better to get directly at our id? Or do you think it's because we have become more sophisticated or is it most likely a combination of both? I think it's a combination of both. I think, I think because the way movies are put together is different. Like we're used to at the very least faster editing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there, I I hate to put it this way, but like in, you know, 70 years ago, like movies were a lot more static. And so you couldn't put together. Like like, if you look at trailers, like the, like trailers for Jurassic park from 20 years ago, mm -hmm. it seems so stodgy now. I guess you know so, yeah. it, 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 it. It seems quaint. Like it, whereas, even though Jurassic Park the movie, I know you don't think it holds up that well as a movie. But as far it as it still does of, to a certain extent. But as far as technology, it still seems so so like cutting edge. For mm-hmm. its, you know, uh, it, it doesn't feel like 1993 when you watch it. When you watch the trailer, it feels again quaint. But uh, at the same time, like. But even since then, our, our editing, uh, the way movies are put together, is still pretty different. Like, look yeah, at I, I'm just look saying. at the the Bourne movies and and that sort mm-hmm. of thing. And and now, I mean, and what's I think it also has to do with um, we're we're sophisticated in the sense that we've all seen so many movies and TV shows and video games now that there are some trailers all they need all they need to do is hint at something, and we're like, got it, oh. Got it. And, and, and we're all so familiar with culture. You know, they could, play, mm-hmm. like, sometimes they incorporate a song that we all have a certain connection to, and it's just like, oh, okay, all right, you got me. Um, <laughs> uh, such as what? Give me an example there. On uh, song. Okay, well, 
this is one that is on my list here. Uh, the trailer for the upcoming musical Les Miserables. Uh, I still need to watch. You tell it, me. You keep telling me how great that trailer is. I keep forgetting to watch it. It's it basically uh, it uh, F- Fontaine's song uh, Fontaine played by uh, Anne Hathaway. Mm-hmm. Really, it's just uh, the the trailer is just a montage of shots to her song uh, uh, Dream Something. I don't know. I'm not that familiar with the musical. I've D- seen dream, it. Dream a little dream. That's the one. That's the one. Um, weird that it, it could be so dramatic, <laughs> but. Uh, uh, like uh like i dreamed a dream or something like I think that, that is i think what it's called and yeah. so which is a really beautiful song and uh and you see like what Anne hathaway like puts into it but it's one of those things it's just like we don't it's like we don't need to show you scenes from every like all the songs this is one of the songs that it, that the f- musical is known for and so we will have that be front and center and you and just we'll show you some of the visuals, but this is what this is all you need. And so anybody who is and, a fan of that show is just like, oh, okay, got it. That's a little different, you know. Um, and that's the kind of trailer that I tend to like. That is not about the plot. You know, you mentioned the Bourne and uh, Bourne movies, and uh, I, I keep harping on that, uh, harping on that uh, Bourne legacy trailer, which like I was halfway through and I felt like. You're telling me the movie. Well, I, I that just, one clearly they had to try and sell you. Sell. Mm-hmm. They felt they had to sell the audience. It's like, okay, it's a Bourne movie, and Bourne is not in it. All right. Here's how. <laughs> yeah. You know, it has that vibe. We will to say it. the name Bourne. Here's a picture of him yeah. from Bourne Identity. Uh, anyway, Matt Singer has a really uh, has a really uh, interesting post about. Um, oh shoot! Now, oh, uh, like, like where's Poochie or, or something like that? Where. Um, Homer in The Simpsons is talking about uh, he has suggestions for his character Poochie on uh-huh. Itchy and Scratchy and he's like he goes when Poochie's not around everybody should should stand around saying hey where's Poochie and he <laughs> says that there are movies like sequels where a main character has gone away oh right like American Ninja 3 with no Michael Dudikoff exactly he came back for the fourth one though. okay as he as he well he should Michael Dudikoff you you know what side uh, where your money and your food is coming from, but um, the you were uh, going to say you know what side your bread is buttered on, right? Yes. Oh, why didn't you? I like that because thing. I because I am not f- I'm not comfortable with it enough to 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 sell it. That but, said, um, reminds me of something my, my girlfriend said the other. Uh, this is a while ago, but it's become a running joke. Where she was talking to her sister about something, and she was like, "Oh, they'll be none the wiser, or they they won't be none the wiser." I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's become a running joke. Anyway, yeah, and um, so he brought up the Bourne legacy as yeah. everyone being like, hey, where's Poochie? <laughs> Except it's where's Jason Bourne. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but uh, yeah, this will bring uh, me back to the Cloud Atlas trailer, this six-minute trailer, which, by the way, oh, I should say, because I generally don't watch trailers. I decided to watch this one because I read the book. I already know what happens. And you're a jury duty. What else are you going to do? <laughs> right. Um, um, but I actually would... Uh, I I like a good trailer, and the trailers that I don't like are the ones like the Born Legacy. That's mm-hmm. just here's what happens in the movie, you know. Uh, and despite being nearly six minutes, this Cloud Atlas trailer actually doesn't doesn't hint at the plot at all. No, it doesn't. I mean, well, I mean uh, having read the book and knowing the context, I know there are images in the trailer that would be considered, I guess, spoilers. But it's so abstracted that I I totally would just I would totally recommend 
or I give you my stamp of approval. I give you my permission. <laughs> you have Battleship Pretensions permission, I oh, imagine. Okay. Right? You, you sign off? Yeah, sure. You have Battleship Pretensions permission to watch this trailer if you are a person who avoids trailers. Um, but what I wanted, wanted to talk about is uh, about this trailer specifically because it does the thing I like that it's more about the feel of the movie mm-hmm. um, or at least the feel of the trailer. I mean, I don't know how the movie, if the movie will feel the way the trailer does. I hope it does. Um, it's mostly just images and sort of giving you the idea. So in that sense, it's very abstract. But if you look at the words on screen and the voiceover they choose to use, it's actually very on the nose about what the movie is about. Mm-hmm. It's talking very much about the themes yeah. uh, of uh, of the movie, about you know um, things being repeated in multiple lives and multiple uh, timelines and things being connected across time and across uh the world it's uh very specific in a way that i think if you had told me what the trailer was like i would have rolled my eyes yeah because it's so on the nose but it's incredibly well done do you do you see well the, the, yeah the combination of those images with those concepts and that's the thing is those concepts while while it, in the trailer they are uh, specified um very clearly they're still very abstract ideas and and those ideas with those images and i think the length of the trailer plays into it as well like it get you you get the feeling just like there's so much that they couldn't even cut like a normal size trailer yeah. they, they did but like you yeah, watch this and it's which just I haven't like watched yet. like it the, the really immerses you in the ideas and the and the images and so i think it doesn't feel on the nose because there's mm-hmm. you there's just so much going on and it, it probably helps that it's Tom Hanks, Susan Sarandon, Jim Broadbent. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm trying to think who plays Robert Frobisher. Um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I picture him. Ben we- Ben Weishaw? Maybe. Something like that? I, I thought it was him, and then I saw James Darcy. I'm like, oh, shoot. I don't know which one is which. Okay. I think James Darcy is playing Sixsmith. He's the one who's in the old age makeup. That oh, okay. You see. And that's oh, okay. different than Robert Frobisher. Sixsmith is the one that Frobisher is writing his letters to. Okay. Anyway. You just bored me. <laughs> I'm not going to see this <laughs> that, movie. Yeah, that's what the movie is going to be like. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm, I'm very excited for this movie at this point. Um, this is a trailer that worked for me. I'm trying to think. Uh, so I'm looking at my list, and I'm looking at uh, trailers that got me to see. Like, you see the trailer, and you're... And your first instinct is, and I'm sorry, everybody, that I have to, to say it like this. Your first instinct is like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Holy shit. It just that kind of, and, and the first one that comes to mind, uh, a bunch of robbers, uh, a bunch of thieves, you know, like rob a bank or something like uh-huh. that, hop in a helicopter. They're flying around New York. They fly through <laughs> the Twin Towers. That's why you can't really see this ad anymore. But like, um, Is it on the DVD even? I don't think so. You can see it on YouTube. Oh, okay. But like they fly through the tw- Twin Towers and then they suddenly stop and get pulled back and they're in the middle of a big spider web. And I remember I saw that. I'm like, is this like a giant spider movie? And then you see the glove with the web shooter. And I'm not even a Spider-Man guy. Uh-huh. But the, you see that and you're like, holy shit, <laughs> Spider-Man. They've been a Spider-Man movie. It's, it, because it's such a nice reveal. Um, and I guess one could say that that's kind of a teaser, but it's, 
the, the people that put that ad together, they knew that this was going to be a big deal. Spider-Man has not, had not been represented in live action since the 70s. And mm-hmm. now that we had X-Men, now that we'd seen a few Batman movies here and there, now it's time for arguably like the, maybe the second or third most popular superhero. And, uh, and that's, that was very exciting. And it was handled just perfectly. Uh, I got a little bit, again, with the Avengers particularly the hero shot like it choose it knows exactly how to end that trailer if i uh, oh yeah yeah that trailer's good yeah Yeah. um with the nice nails song and they time the uh the um at the one point they time the uh iron man's like mask clasping into face uh, clasping into place with the with the music so it sounds like his mask is making those sort of nine inch nails uh (laughs) sounds industrial i think is the word which makes sense (laughs) yeah um, well, I want to talk about a couple that inspired their reaction in me, and they're both in in ways related to my reaction to the Cloud Atlas trailer. The first one, because it's a Wachowski Brothers movie, The Matrix is one of my favorite trailers of all time because it does exactly what I want trailers to do. It doesn't tell you anything about the story. Yeah. I mean, that's part of... If you go back, I mean... That, I think seeing The Matrix in the theater the first time... I've seen it in the theater three times. Uh, I saw it three times when I came out. Um is one of my most cherished movie-going experiences of all time. Uh, what, what? You didn't see it in the theater? I didn't see it in the theater. I was on a uh, triple date with uh, somebody, and we got our and uh, we got like tickets for the wrong time or something like that. And uh, and but we were going to go see it, and I was kind of excited about uh-huh. it. And what's more, if any of us knew what it was that we were going to go see, because we had just heard a little uh-huh. bit about it, that was it. I don't think I'd seen a trailer. Uh, if we had known what it was we were missing, I think mm-hmm. we would have been a lot more upset. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, if you remember those trailers, it was just, you know, um, Lawrence Fishburne, unfortunately, no one can be told what the Matrix is. And then... Um, That's a good Fishburne. Really? No. And then Joe Pantoliano's, uh even though it's cheesy, the like, uh, what, um, what, the, 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 the Wizard of Oz. Buckle your seatbelt, Dorothy, because uh, Kansas is going bye-bye. Kansas I do hate that line. <laughs> I, know, I, would, I would hate it. There it, were no seatbelts. This is a mixed metaphor. <laughs> uh, if it weren't Joe Pantoliano. He can sell it, yeah. He could sell anything. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, so th- that, uh, that trailer, in terms of getting me excited to see a movie, that's one of my all-time favorites. Another one. And this is related to Cloud Atlas in that it's um, a trailer for a movie based on a book I've read. Uh, and it also ties in uh, to your to the Citizen Kane trailer, which doesn't show Orson Welles at all. Uh, the initial trailer, I, I think they called it a teaser, but it's a bit longer than a teaser, for Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, hmm. which is, Harry's not in it. Right. It's Dumbledore and young Tom Riddle. Yes, that and is a good one. It's about a minute and 15 seconds, so I think maybe that's why it's like, because it's like, it seems longer than a teaser, and it has footage, Yeah, but it's shorter than a standard trailer. Um, I mean, that was something, obviously, I was going to go see that movie anyway, because I'm a huge uh, Harry Potter nerd, but, like, I when, I, when that teaser came out, well before the movie yeah. came out, by the way, I was so pumped. And I tell you, all those trailers, they know... If, Okay, I'm now going back several steps. John Williams is a great composer, and his theme for Harry Potter is great. Particularly, like how like how you can have it be like you can have like 
50 instruments or a single like triangle or something like mm-hmm. that just a, just a slight tinkling and like in in trailers like that where they just give you the slight hint of of the harry potter theme and you're like oh man yeah it's very exciting and that i mean uh i know obviously john williams has written some amazing a lot of lots of amazing music and, and memorable themes for things like star wars and indiana jones um i probably find myself humming the harry potter theme more than any other piece of john williams music that and um imperial march uh hmm. which i don't hum imperial march so much as i tap it out on the coffee table or on my on the steering wheel <laughs> or whatever i whistle i don't like to hum i can't whistle oh man um, I, yeah i would probably whistle if i could but i can't uh i will get uh, a it's couple one of my great shames in life is it really there <laughs> do, are so many more things you need to be ashamed i do of. hate that i can't whistle i think because my dad was the loudest whistler did you ever hear my dad whistle? no but you told me stories about him uh, whistling f- for you guys to come down from the, your friend's house, like down the street or something like oh, that. Oh, no, like two, two streets over. That's he crazy. He would just step out in the backyard and do the thing where, like, you make sort of a z- zero sign with your yeah. the thumb and forefinger and put the, the ends of the fingers in your mouth. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know how that helps. But uh, he would step out in the back, back uh, patio and just whistle, and we would know, oh, it's time to come home. That's horrifying. No wonder you can't whistle. <laughs> it just has a, such a negative connotation. Um, so I wanted to uh, I wanted to get a couple of, of these out of the way because I don't want to make it sound as though uh, as though it's purely about superheroes for me. Uh, no, nor is it purely about pre-existing properties. But the teaser for Batman Begins was beautiful because because again and i've I've said this before i like any not any movie but i I do i do like when a movie or or a piece of publicity like a trailer when it acknowledges the world in which it exists uh which is say our world and with batman begins our memories of batman was batman and robin something that was roundly rejected by people and batman was dead Uh uh-huh and then I didn't see the whole movie. They killed him. They should have. <laughs> um, but like, but Batman culturally was dead. And then in the interim, X Men comes out, and Spider Man comes out, and various other lesser super, superhero movies come come out. And then you see that teaser, and you I believe you hear a little bit of uh, a little bit of. Um, like Alfred and it's just like Michael Caine okay what is this and you just see like like this kind of this dark sky and you see mm-hmm. like all these bats start to fly and then it forms uh-huh. the little bat symbol and it is it is one of those moments where you're like oh yeah Batman this is exciting uh-huh. and 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 I'm sorry that it sounds so cheesy when I say that but like you do like people do need to understand like just how dead Joel Schumacher killed Batman (laughs) and the idea and people were so eager to like have him have Batman back in theaters in a good way. And then just, and even just in the teaser, you get, you at least got the tone of it of like, Oh, well this certainly is not going to be the uh, Clooney, uh, you know, Batman credit card, Batman. Um, (laughs) and so I like anything, uh, where it just, it understands the importance of like iconography and, and the culture. Like 
this, like this was not merely a teaser. This was a teaser of like something that is beloved and that we felt so sort of betrayed by uh, <laughs> when it came to Hollywood. And then it was a it was a promise that this thing you love is going to be back in a way that you want it. Um, and then uh, real quick, I will say, uh, having not read the books or seen the original Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, uh, the Fincher film, that trailer is... Uh, do you know, I finally watched that trailer just the other day. Yeah. Because uh, I had avoided it and then I kind of forgot about it. It's a cool trailer. It is. It's, I, I, and you and I don't like the film. Uh, but, yeah. uh, I mean, it's, it's almost a parody of the kind of trailer. It, it almost verges in, into parody territory, being the kind of trailers I'm talking about I like. Because mm-hmm. how many shots do you think are in that Girl with the Dragon Tattoo? Yeah. Tra- it's, and how many it, of those shots mean anything? Yeah, and it's so... Each one of them is so brief. Um, uh, it, it does seem like it would... On paper, it seems like it would tip that style too far. Yeah. But it, it, it works. Even with... I know people like that the Trent Reznor um Karen O version of oh, uh yeah. of the uh, immigrant song I think it's silly I think it's stupid uh but it it still manages to work it does manage to work and I think it's it it's because that trailer is so over the top it, about something that again is culturally mm-hmm. understood and and it's such a those books are such a phenomenon and then now it's like David Fincher fresh off the social network mm-hmm. which we'll get to in a moment um like a movie that was beloved and like, oh man, and oh hey, James Bond is in this, you know. Like, <laughs> right. uh, I think it, it had it had all the bombast that I think it needed. Do you like, by the way, speaking of that song, because I, th- I think it works better in the trailer than it does in the opening titles. Which I, I know, yes, I agree. People like the opening titles of Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Some people do. I. I did not care for that. Well, I don't think it sets the tone for the film. Mm-hmm. Like, I think opening uh, credits are supposed to do that a little bit. And, and I, I, like uh, I think it, it does. It's so rare for movies to have opening credits sequences. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. They don't have, I mean, there was a time maybe they did more. But David Fincher, like, the seven one is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, um, uh, Zack Snyder, whom I don't like, has at least two classic opening title sequences under yes. his belt with From Dust Till Dawn and Watchmen. They're yeah. both awesome. And also, you mean uh, Dawn of the Dead? From Dawn of the Dead? Did I say from Dust till yeah, Dawn? From Dust till Dawn of the Dead. Oh, oh man! Yeah, <laughs> these guys can't get away. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry, Dawn. Thank you for correcting me uh, before I got emails. Uh, yes, Dawn of the Dead um, to the 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 Johnny Cash song. Um, yeah, the man comes around, and then uh, um, Watchmen, Watchmen is with... uh, times they are the times they are changing. Yeah, but is it a cover? I think it's no, a, I think that's the, I think it's the original one. I think I think he, like, I think that is the the Dylan version. But isn't there like in the movie on the soundtrack like something like My Chemical Romance covering that or something like that? Uh, probably. Um, I actually, as much as I generally don't like Watchmen, um, I like the way the really on the nose and bombastic way he uses music mm-hmm. uh, in in the movie. Like, I actually do have uh, Watchmen it, written down here. Oh yeah, uh, well, let's get to it in a second. Okay. But I just want to talk about like. Uh, you know, using um, uh, Jimi Hendrix's cover of All Along the Watchtower for the Vietnam thing is almost, it sounds like I, I should be rolling my eyes, and yet because the movie is so unsubtle and yeah. has so little nuance, it just works. Yeah. Um, and, it, uh, of course, uh, uh, 99 Balloons is an awesome song. <laughs> if only there was, like, if there was a uh, a song out there called This is a Song About a Guy Named Rorschach, 
it would have been used in the film <laughs> right. because that is that is who Zack Snyder is. But that, the Watchmen trailer, speaking of Batman and Robin, has yeah. a Smashing Pumpkin song called The Beginning. Yes, it's called The Beginning is the End is the Beginning. Yes. Which was from uh, Batman and Robin. Yeah. It was on the soundtrack. It was not the, the single that was released from that soundtrack was by the Smashing Pumpkins. It was called The End is the Beginning is the End. Oh, okay. Um, and I think the lyrics are the same in both songs, but the end is the, be- the, end is the beginning is the end is a very sort of... Um, uh, upbeat sort of riff heavy guitar song and beginning is the end is the beginning is sort of like almost uh i guess chopped and screwed in in hip-hop terms like slowed down uh and it really like i, I love that song i love that version of it uh and i think it's used incredibly well in the trailer and just and the way he you know Zack snyder was meant to put together put trailers together I, i'm sure he's <laughs> not the one that did it but i wouldn't be surprised if he yeah, had I, some some in, I, I wouldn't uh, be surprised feedback. at all and some i wouldn't feedback? be surprised I, I i don't look into it but i, I wouldn't be surprised if the wachowskis and tom tickfair put together this cloud atlas yeah. trailer um i'm sorry what were you i'm trying i'm trying to think of a word he had some input input thank you there you go all right i've been trying to think of a word for days what's that I don't know. It keeps... Okay, there's a word for when... Greece. A war or some sort of thing is, like, bogged down and is at, is not going to be moving in any direction. Oh. It's like loggerheads or clusterfuck or <laughs> boondoggle. Or it's, like, one of those type of words. Yeah. And it has been driving me nuts. Don't worry. You're now not alone in it driving you nuts. <laughs> I do know the one you're talking about, but now I can't remember it. It's... What is it? I'll work on it a little bit later, oh, but we're talking man. now, and it, I can't... It has been bugging me, literally... I was in Chicago when I came up with it, so literally for, like, a week now. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, that Watchmen trailer, uh, I guess... Um, we're talking about these, uh, these these songs. It's not just the use of the songs, but cutting to the song, mm-hmm. where the the trailer is almost like a music video. Yeah. Uh, definitely seems to work. People should stick with doing that yes (laughs) um it 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 definitely i think helps the trailer stick in your mind um uh you know i remember that watchman trailer is so good that even josh fadon was excited by it (laughs) he doesn't get excited about anything about anything especially on that movie on that scale yeah but um uh yeah yeah uh josh um was the one who said you should watch that trailer um quagmire Quagmire is the word I was looking for. Yes. Yes, that is the word I was looking for. You're wow. welcome. It's not really anything like Clusterfuck, but I guess it kind of is in that it's <laughs> Kind of, like, yeah. It's just, I, I don't know, it sounds like something an Australian person would say. <laughs> um, uh, all right. I hope Will's listening to this. <laughs> so, um, okay, uh, so let's see. Okay, uh, so that brings us, okay, so the use of a song throughout a trailer, um, and I, and david fincher uh, i will bring up the social network i think that is a wonderful trailer let me tell you why it didn't have any effect on me at all oh my gosh because i don't use facebook so all those like images mm. i didn't have any emotional connection to them i mean i have a facebook and sometimes I, I i generally use my facebook to get in touch with people that i don't have an email address for like yeah. to ask people if they want to be a guest on the show yeah that sort of thing but i don't actually like post anything on facebook or or like li- I, don't, I don't know if i've ever liked anything on facebook hmm. um so that um and even less so two years ago um yeah so i i remember the fervor and the reaction to that trailer and then watching it and it kind of leaving me cold because it didn't 
I didn't have any, any emotional connection to those images. For me, it's like that scene in Mad Men where he's uh, talking about the carousel. Um, you know, for That's a good uh, scene. yeah, where you know it's it takes this this thing that m- the vast majority of us uh, that are watching the trailer are that we can connect with, um, and this thing that brings us that has you know brought people together, people from our past, and then this thing that has spawned relationships with with people and uh and the role that it plays in our lives and to this very uh to this very strange version of creep by uh, radiohead that is strangely beautiful and melancholy and, mm-hmm. and mournful um and then the idea of like this this idea that behind all these images this thing that means so much to us though many of us complain about it and yet we we do love it and we do use it mm-hmm. um that this thing underneath it is kind of this uh, sad story and uh, about somebody's uh, incredible success and yet personal self-destruction. And uh, yeah, I, I really think that that is a wonderful trailer that in many ways has not much to do with the movie and yet everything to do with the movie. It winds up being an interesting supplement to the film, I think. Um, yeah, that one, that one really, really does it for me. Do you know what trailer... And I'm, I'm, I'd be surprised if this wasn't on your list or wasn't considered by you, because you, you and I have talked about it on the show before. Mm-hmm. It's a movie that we don't like. I don't think you even saw. Okay. And it's sort of a teaser, I guess. Uh, and I think it's Resident Evil Apocalypse. Okay, yeah. I've got uh, Resident Evil Everything yeah, uh, on But here. Apocalypse is the one for the skin that starts out a commercial for skincare. Yes. Yes. And then I, the, I, the skin I guys. think. I'm not 100%. I think that's Apocalypse. Yeah. Apocalypse. And then they... Um, Almost topped it with the next one, I think, which was Extinction, mm-hmm. which started out as a cheesy ad for a Las Vegas resort. Have you seen this one? Uh, no, I don't think I um, have seen that. I worked at the Arclight at the time that the trailer was out, so I saw it probably 75 times, no, no exaggeration, because you, if you work at the Arclight, you have to stay in there through the theater, yeah. or through the trailers, because you have to see the beginning of the movie to make sure the project, pro- projection is good, mm-hmm. um, and the sound. Anyway, um, and so... Extinction, I think it's Extinction, starts off um, just as a cheesy ad, uh, like commercial for uh, a Vegas resort, just people like splashing around in a pool and like putting suntan lotion on and all this, uh, all this stuff. And then it sort of like, it like skips and freezes and then skips and freezes and then you pull back and you realize it's on a billboard um, that's attached to the casino and you pull back further, you realize it's the Las Vegas Strip and you pull back further and you realize that it's way in the future it's been not only abandoned but completely las vegas has been mostly covered by sand drifts and Mm -hmm. and um it's just like the sort of a ghost town that's mostly buried of las vegas and it just keeps on pulling back and back Hmm. and back it's really cool not as cool as i still think the skincare one which i think is either resident evil or resident evil apocalypse um is apocalypse the second one yeah okay i think it's that one it goes resident evil then resident evil apocalypse right then Resident Evil Extinction. Okay. Then Resident Evil Afterlife. Okay. And then Resident Evil Retribution. Okay. That last one doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. No, we've talked about this on the phone. Okay, yeah. We talked about it in our Comic-Con wrap-up episode. Okay. That it doesn't... They're telling a story clearly with these yes. subtitles, and the Retribution just doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know what? Maybe I uh, tuned out during that, episode, that, uh, that conversation. No, because I said they should call it Resurrection. Yes. That's right. Anyway. B- anyway. Okay. All right. I've um, only seen the first two. Um... I saw the first one and uh, did not care for it. Um, okay, so I it's, wanted to mention... The first half of that movie is pretty fun. 
when they're going in, when they're in the office building, it's fine. I like zombies and their zombie dogs. The first half is pretty fun. Yeah, and I do like the uh, the Red Queen computer thing uh, projected at, like as a digital like little girl. You know, her saying like "You're all going to die down here" and stuff like that. <laughs> um, but uh, is that really what she says? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> It's been a while. Yeah. So um, that's in the trailer. So, uh, okay. I did want to mention a couple others um, before I go back uh, about 50 years. Um, And I wanted to... to, I'll mention some action movies because I've noticed that a lot of these are... A lot of the trailers that we're talking about are for action movies or at the very least, uh, you know, genre films, um, you know, social network notwithstanding. But like even... Girl with the Dragon Tattoo is like a you know procedural and a, a mm-hmm. thriller and that kind of thing. So, um, but uh, okay, as we've discussed, and we don't need to go into a lot of detail, but it will get me into this other thing. Uh, Prometheus has a great trailer that the film does not deliver on. Another one that I didn't see. I didn't see the trailer until after I saw the movie. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, that's why people were excited. Yeah, that's that's the, a trailer for a movie I want to see. <laughs> Absolutely, it's not the movie I saw. And then I saw the, uh, I went back today, uh, thinking about the Prometheus trailer, I went back and watched the Alien trailer. And that is a wonderful I was trailer. saving it, I mean, I have my own personal, like, favorites, mm-hmm. but I think if I'm trying to be as ob- uh, objective as possible, the Alien trailer might be the single greatest trailer of all time. I think it ranks, like, uh, IFC, it was IFC that did, like, the list, you and I, it, I think I it did, ranks I highly. It up. I think um, it, Yeah. I think it's like in the top 10 somewhere. No, nope, it's number one. Oh, look at us. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, and that's such a, like, that's it. Like the trailer itself is terrifying. Like yeah. that horrifying noise uh-huh. that sounds like, yeah, like a sonar ping kind of thing, only yeah. amped up and again, terrifying. Yeah. Um, and just, and it just creates such a sense of place. And when you think about it, like it spends a good portion of the trailer just establishing space establishing like desolation and then there's this egg which incidentally does not look like the egg in alien but whatever that's not a hair to there yeah. uh and then you're just watching the egg and then this little crack happens and then the light shines out and that's when this horrible sound comes out and then you see people run like running through the spaceship and stuff this simpl- the simplicity of that combined with the simplicity of the title that i love the title of alien because it's so easy. It's just like, like, okay, you're going to get a, t- a scary alien. That's, what, right. that's all you got. But it will be far scarier than anything you could but possibly imagine. Also, uh, the trailer has the title, the title coming together, like looking, yes. looking sort of like hieroglyphs at first, and you realize yeah. it's uh, a- alien, which I think is uh, a fun sort of ironic um, twist in that um, at first it looks like a non-human language that you're seeing. Yeah. And then it is, like you said, an incredibly simple word. Yeah. Just, uh, just, uh, and so playing that, the expectation of it being something weird off of a word we're all with, which we're all very familiar, is uh, a great little. It's a, it's a, that's a great little short filmmaking. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that that's sim- like once we realize, it's weird. Like the word is simple. But the images that w- that are are now associated with it as a function of this trailer, it has become terrifying. The simplicity of the word, like if it was simply like, um, like for example, um, this is a slightly different thing. Um, 
I was watching like the making of Jaws, and uh, Peter Benchley was talking about like he couldn't think of what the name should of the book should be, mm-hmm. and so they're coming up with stuff that's like kind of like the stillness in the water and uh-huh. stuff like that, and then eventually just and then there's like Jaws of Death, Jaws of Hell, Jaws, of, and then he's just like, uh, how about just Jaws? Like that's fine, right? <laughs> yeah. But but the idea of like the stillness in the water, like. Alien could have been something, you mm-hmm. know, they could have called it, like, they could have called it Nostromo. They could have called it any number of things. But they went with this incredibly simple thing, and the idea, and somehow the simplicity of it, with this foreign, scary, abrupt noise, uh, and the idea of this egg cracking open at around the same time that the word alien comes into full view, mm-hmm. it's thus giving it a, a really... Uh, unnerving context and it, it's um having a simple word like that and then having all those images and but that are just suggestions because the, the title is so simple you can project a lot of expectations exactly onto it. i think the matrix is sort of the same way it's a very simple title yeah but because you don't know what the matrix the movie or the matrix itself is uh you you get to take the emotions of the trailer and pro- project all these expectations onto it and that's yeah. why trailers like this make us uh, want to see the movie so bad. Yeah. Um, okay, well, as long as we're in, uh, I guess, older horror films, there's uh, one of my favorite trailers of all time was uh, not that long after Alien, uh, and that's the trailer for The Shining, uh, which is one of the most... It's the most sim- maybe the most simple trailer Oh, ever. is it the... It's just a shot of... For the longest time, it's just a shot of the elevator, and you're mm-hmm. seeing sort of like... I think it says directed by Stanley Kubrick from a novel by Stephen King and, 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 and some, just some credits coming up. And then it's only in, you know, it's, it's a, maybe a, uh, nearly a full minute and it's only in the last 20 seconds or so that blood starts coming out of the elevator in slow motion. And then even in slow motion, it becomes very overwhelming very quickly yeah. how much blood is coming out. And then the, the, the furniture is moving and then the blood reaches the camera and for a second you can't see anything. It's just all red. And as the blood washes back down, you see the furniture floating across in, in the blood. And that's, that's it. It's just one still shot. And yeah. it's, it's one of my favorite trailers of all time. Um, and that's uh, one that does what we're talking about where it's just like Kubrick. Like what, did, what was the last thing he made before The Shining? I guess it was uh, Barry Lyndon. Yeah, I think so. But before that was Clockwork Orange, and we think of like 2001, and now him doing a Stephen King movie. And by the way, here's a hallway full of blood for you. <laughs> it just that's one where I, I assume people are just like, "Holy shit! I don't know if I can see this." Do you remember? Even though I, I don't find the Shining to be that frightening personally, um, I didn't when I was younger. It actually has frightened me more than now that I'm older. It I has been a while since I've seen it. That's been the case with me in. In general, I think maybe when I was younger, I was maybe less aware of my own mortality and was less scared by horror movies. Hmm. Um, now I find them much scarier, but I still love them. I love being scared by horror movies. Yeah. Um, and I love that I can be scared more easily now. Um, even something that was like a, a middle of the road movie, like the, the woman in black, mm-hmm. um, when it was scary, I was really into it. Mm-hmm. And then it would just be another couple minutes of, of Daniel Radcliffe walking slowly down a hall with a candle in front of him, Mm -hmm. uh, which I guess should be scary in a good movie. It should be suspense building, but there's so much of it. Anyway, that's the point. As long as we're uh, talking about Stanley Kubrick, I wanted to mention the Eyes Wide Shut trailer. Yeah. Um, Now, I haven't seen it in a while. That's the one with the basic, just that piano music, right? Like, just the very uh, simple... No, I'm thinking of the one with the song... uh, 
forget. Is it John Lee Hooker? No, don't. Oh, Chris Isaac. Is it Chris Isaac? Baby did bad, bad thing. Yes. Yeah, that's that what it is. Okay. Okay. Right. You know that, that trailer? Yes. Um, because it has all the sort of, um, movement, uh, you know, the eyes wide shut and a lot of Stanley Kubrick stuff has that steady cam, like keeping things perfectly symmetrical while the camera is moving. So it moves sort of back and forth with, with that. And that, that song has a sort of like straightforward tempo. That's not like, it's not like punk rock. It's not rushing headlong, but it's not a mid tempo either. It's like, it's a very forward moving song and you're getting, um, uh, the, the, the smooth motion of the images mixed with things like Nicole Kidman taking off her dress and the, uh, lyric baby did a bad, bad thing. Also, yeah. It's all becoming very suggestive. I guess this, this seems to be a thing we keep coming back to, um, uh, which I guess seems like it's not, uh, this isn't really that much of an insight, but a trailer should be suggestive. Maybe that's why I don't like trailers that are more than suggestive. Yeah. If they're telling you what it is, I, I, I would rather, I'd rather have hints of what it is that I can sort of, again, project my own expectations onto. I will use that as a transition into one of my favorite trailers uh, of old. Um, by, uh, I will quote a uh, friend of the show, Jimmy Pardo. Uh, he was talking on Never Not Funny once about uh, older trailers and how he just finds them just fascinating because they just spell everything out and he was talking about planet of the apes uh-huh. and he was talking about, and there's of course this is probably not how the trailer is although it probably is this a little bit but the way jimmy puts it out there it's just like planet of the apes the the apes talk the humans don't on planet of the apes <laughs> and uh it just it made me laugh quite a bit because um, just it just but puts it all out totally there. how oh no question older trailers are yeah um but a trailer that is not like that that I love and it's just it's just and it's a, it's a trailer that is very suggestive but does not at all capture the tone of the film to its credit uh, and that's Psycho the trailer for Psycho have you ever seen it um, I'm sure I have it's Alfred Hitchcock uh-huh. on screen walking around the Bates Motel talking about some of the things that happened here but not going into any detail at all and he's like he goes. And it's and it's just it's it's Hitchcock being you know it's, it's totally Hitchcockian and wry and British and all that. And he's, he's like he goes and here this is where the oh it's just too terrible I can't tell you about that. <laughs> and, and it's just it's it's delightful. That's awesome. And then there's a and there here's a here's a beautiful thing is uh, at the end he walks into the hotel room, goes into the bathroom. There's somebody behind the curtain, and he pulls it back, and it's Vera Miles. And she screams, uh-huh. and then the word "psycho" comes out of you, and that's the end of the trailer. And it's it's funny because, of course, Vera Miles is not the woman in the shower. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, the idea that this very this very uh, languid, kind of delightful uh, uh-huh. little trailer ends so jarringly, um, and it just it's it's just so Hitchcockian. You should you should watch it when you get the chance. Uh, it's, oh, sure. it's delightful. Um, what else is on your list? Because I think I've actually um, okay. Uh, reached uh, the end of the stuff I wanted to talk about. Well, we have, as I said, we have been talking about a lot of uh, a lot of like genre films, and I we haven't really been talking a lot about comedies. Um, but we did talk about Kubrick, so I'm going to talk about two trailers that are and that are one is clearly informed by the other. Okay, Doctor Strangelove mm-hmm. has a fun and delightful and quirky trailer. Wait, hold on. Before you do that, I okay. forgot the thing I was going to say back at The Shining. Okay. Do you remember the first teaser for 2012? 
oh, that I showed you. Yes, because yeah. it's it's clearly the same sort of droney music, mm-hmm. uh, and it's like that tidal wave, I guess, rushing over the Himalayas. Yeah, uh, in much the same in slow motion, much the same way the blood rushed out of the hallway, and it um, it seemed like what a weird like place to set your sights. Yeah, on yeah. For, for 2012. Yeah, what audience are you trying to get? I mean, yeah. people like The Shining, so it's not like... But at the same time, people may not have a memory of the trailer, yeah. you know? like Yeah, which makes me, like, want to point the finger and call it ripoff in, instead of... Oh, you think so? Instead of homage, homage or homage. That was a good episode. <laughs> that was, like, episode 58 or something. Um, so, right, sorry, you were saying about okay. Doctor Strange Love or how I learned to stop worrying and love the bomb. That's the one. Uh, so the trailer is very it's it's very like goofy and quirky and you know, I can't even really explain it. Um, it's a little jarring at times. And then I found this out years ago when I did an episode of More Than One Lesson and back when I would put the trailers for the the main film and the companion film, I would put them on the website. And so the companion film was Dr. Strangelove. The main film was In the Loop. Then I saw the... So I watched the In the Loop trailer. Then I watched the Dr. Strangelove trailer. The In the Loop trailer is clearly modeled after the Dr. <laughs> Strangelove trailer. Like, I found that fascinating. That's great. And both of them are, are very fun and, and delightful. And you just get this this uh, this impression of... There's almost a... This is the only way I can... A kookiness uh-huh. to the way those trailers are put together. But I do like to look at the two of them. Because that's, that's one, you know... The 2012 guys probably ripped that off. The In the Loop people probably paid homage, I would say. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but, so those are comedies. There's a trailer, and I can't even really put my finger on why. There's nothing particularly novel about the trailer for, for Bullworth. I don't remember it. But I, I, I like it quite a bit because it starts off with... I think because there, it really does... It doesn't tell the story of the movie, but... It, it, it kind of gets you into the world of the movie by it has like you know a John Philip Sousa march and the American flag and it and a very official sounding announcer talking about Jay Billington Bullworth and all that kind of thing, uh, and then uh, Bullworth goes up, delivers the the line about uh, malt liquor and chicken wings and <laughs> uh, get behind somebody other than a running back who stabs his wife. You're never going to get rid of somebody like me. And then you see Halle Berry in the audience like give this look of surprise right as, and again, this is use of music, right as Cypress, Hel- Cypress Hill's uh, Insane in the Membrane. Uh-huh. Insane in the Brain. Um, right as that kicks in. And then from then on, that's the tone of the trailer. And, uh, and, the, and the things that it uses to, because then you see like, you see Bullworth getting together with uh, uh, Halle Berry's character while at the same time you'll also see Oliver Platt trying desperately to figure out what it is he's tr- he's going on. Uh-huh. And so um, that's a great movie. I love we both Oliver love Platt that movie. talking about trying to stop him from going to the TV studio, I think it is. Okay. And he's saying to, I can't, is it Josh Molina? Yes. And he says, we'll stand here, arms akimbo if need be. <laughs> <laughs> and, and stop him from going in. And he walks past and they're like, sir and just let, yeah. let him go right in and, and i just, just love that yeah. arms akimbo if need be i like when he says he's like yeah he's rhyming now it's very disconcerting <laughs> oh i gotta watch that again it's that's a good long. movie um but yeah and that's it, it captures the f- the flavor of the film but it also does a really good i i'm not a big fan of like the record scratch oh, yeah. in the trailer but i think it's in the bullworth trailer i don't totally remember but i think it's in there but it does it well 
um, because it, it literally is, here's this stodgy old song, and now it's time for a new song. Do you know what, um, uh, what trailer has the record scratch in it? And this What's is a movie that we, I can't stop beating up on. Okay. Sweet Home Alabama. Oh, yeah, well, there's, yeah, that is the essence of just a forgettable, shitty movie. Why wouldn't it have a trailer that and is I the essence of that? If I remember correctly, the trailer scratches at the same moment that a sleeping dog puts its head up and looks, <laughs> at, the, looks at the camera. <laughs> I, I might be embellishing, but I'm pretty sure that's what happens in that trailer. <laughs> um, as if the dog says, like, really? You're using that sound? Um, I will end with this because um, this is a trailer that I think... You know, like you said, trailers should be suggestive and they should, I, I feel like they should create a certain emotion in us. And uh, a movie that I, as it happens, I just bought on, on Blu-ray, so it was in my mind, um, Where the Wild Things Are. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. I love that trailer. With the, that's, um, is that the Arcade Fire in that? Uh, I, I don't know. I Sorry, I, I, I stopped listening to music at Cypress Hill. So, um, <laughs> but it's... Uh, yeah, I don't totally remember what the what the song is, but it's just you know it just it's just images. Yeah, that's a great one. And they do such a great job of making those the wild things look like the ones from the book, and so it really does sort of evoke the images you know of, and this idea of and it's 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 what I'm talking about. It's this promise of this beloved thing from your childhood now has come to life, and it has such a it, it has that sense of nostalgia and melancholy, while also a sense of genuine fun. Uh, that the that the film has and that the book has, and so um, yeah, it's uh, and that's one where that's a that's a film that like brings a tear to my eye. And even the, even watching the trailer, maybe because I've seen the film, uh-huh. but uh, that's a trailer that I'm just like is just just emotionally invigorating to me. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, that's another movie I saw three times in the movie theater. I've only seen it once, and then I found it uh, on Blu-ray for five bucks, so I bought it. Really, yeah. I have it on Blu-ray. Because my awesome girlfriend, uh, her name's Natalie, mm-hmm. uh, two Christmases ago, 2010, she bought me a Blu-ray player and six Blu-rays. Nice. Do you think I can name all six of them? I think you can. I'm going to try. All right. American Psycho. All right. Where the Wild Things Are. We've established that. Yeah. There Will Be Blood. Okay. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Mm-hmm. Shaun of the Dead. Okay. I think that's Bad wrong. Boyfriend. <laughs> that's what that last one is called. I don't know. Damn, that's gonna that's gonna bug me. Quagmire? It wasn't Quagmire. Okay. It wasn't the Princess Bride, which she did eventually buy me. Oh, that's gonna drive me crazy. When I when I bought my first DVD player, it came with like a thing that I think you could send in for for to get like a, a handful of DVDs for free, mm. and I was very excited. So I got Fargo. Fargo. Okay. Whew. That's a load <laughs> off. Uh, so I got Get Shorty, which I kept. Analyze this, which I kept, which I kept. The mask, which I believe I gave to you. Did I give it to you? Um, you did. Hold on. Not Fargo. No Country for Old Men. Okay. Fargo. I got when she gave me when she gave me Princess Bride, which is okay. a birthday thing. So the, it was it was a to you. Yes. Was okay. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Analyze this. Get shorty. Uh, the other one I just said. The mask. The mask. Thank you. Which I and still have. I think fools rush in, which I did not keep. And then I believe the whole nine yards, which I also did not keep. Those are both movies with uh, Matthew Perry in them. Yeah. Turns out I'm not a big fan of his uh, on the big screen. Yeah. What movies has he been in? The, that, what, what movies? What good movies has he been in? I would venture to say none. 
Yeah. Off the top of my head, not looking at his filmography, I would venture to say none. Yeah. Whole Nine Yards is a mess. Yeah. Uh, Fool's Rush In, I don't really remember. I remember, uh, speaking of trailers, my dad loved the part in the trailer where her brothers carry him in the front door. Do you know that? He's drunk. I do not recall the trailer okay. for Fool's Rush In. I'm sorry. He's gotten drunk. He, you know, the, the, for those who don't remember Fool's Rush In, it's Matthew Perry marries Salma Hayek, and it's mm-hmm. sort of a fish-out-of-water comedy in that he's introduced to this very Mexican, very Catholic family. Mm-hmm. And he's gotten drunk, and her two brothers, I think, are carrying him back home. And they open the front door, and he and he slurs very drunkenly, Lucy, you got some explaining to do. <laughs> and um, my dad thought that was very funny. <laughs> well, hey, you know, none of us are perfect. Uh, do you know what part of the movie that I still think is funny, even though it's... Uh, I, I guess I remember this movie better than I thought I did. Um, he, they've moved. They've gotten married. They moved in together. He's gone off to work while she decorates the their new house. Mm-hmm. He comes home, and to the left of the door is a giant crucifix. Not a, not a cross, okay. but a crucifix with a crucified Jesus on it. And he very startled. He goes, "Jesus Christ!" Eh. I thought that was very funny. Yeah, <laughs> that's an easy joke, though. Yeah, well, I he saw that joke it. on Frasier. He sells it. I'm, I'm sure I have no Wait, doubt. When did that. you see that joke on Frasier? Uh, there is a uh, an episode where um, uh, there's like some kind of Easter pageant or maybe a Christmas pageant, and somebody is dressed like Jesus, and uh, there and that person is not supposed to be in Fraser's apartment, and so Fraser sees him and goes, "Jesus Christ!" That's funny. Yeah, that's odd. That's a tough thing to get away with on network TV because it's totally in context, and he's making reference to Jesus yeah, Christ. I then I guess it's all right. Yeah. But uh, I, w- I don't want to end this episode on a discussion of Fools Rush In. Do you, can you think of any others? No, I think Neither we, gotta, can I, we have to it. stop with Fools Rush In. All right. And Lucy's, you got some splendid to do. <laughs> uh, oh. oh, damn. I wanted to end there. You know what? We will. All right. So, I can leave it. Um, you can find us at battleshippretension.com. Uh, where there are you know links to the episodes as well as lots of reviews all the time. Uh, you can email us david at battleshippretension.com or tyler at battleshippretension.com. I'm on Twitter at the pretension. Tyler's on Twitter at more lessons, which is the official Twitter of his other podcast, more than one lesson at more than one lesson.com. My other podcasts sort of, uh, <laughs> I need to get sort of back into doing it is, uh, the weekly television wrap up, uh, show previously on that's at previously on show.com. Okay. A uh, couple of uh, announcements regarding uh, those those other shows. Uh, number one, uh, in a couple of days on More Than One Lesson, there will be a, uh, an episode uh, about The Cabin in the Woods. So that will be uh, available. We're doing a couple of, uh, of horror-type movies uh, for, for October. Oh, sure. Because we're really embracing Halloween over at More Than One Lesson. Anyway, um, so that's one. Uh, I'm pretty sure that when this goes up, you and I will have been guests on the Paul Goebel show. Does that go up the day of? I think it does. I think he records the day of and puts it up that same day. Okay. These are, then these will be going up about the same time. Yeah. yeah. And we'll be talking about the, uh, speaking of network television, we'll be talking about the new fall network shows. Yep. We were watching a bunch of pilots. Last yeah. year, Paul had us on. And I think we let him down by only watching about two pilots apiece. Uh, two and a half. I could not get through Whitney. <laughs> uh, I watched. What did I watch last year? Terra Nova. That, that was a mistake because that's two hours long. Yeah. Um, and it was a mistake because it stunk. And I watched 
two broke girls. Oh, and I also watched the new girl, which okay. was the only good thing of the three. Um, so I'm very happy Paul decided to have us back on, even though we totally let him down. Yeah, last year. Um, this time I've watched four, and I'll, I'll try to fit in a, a fifth and a sixth. As of this recording, I've only watched two, but I'm going to cram this weekend. Yeah. I've got a bunch of shit on my DVR. And I, that's the thing. Because there is two of us. Because there are two I of us? I think there are two okay, of yeah, us. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that sounds right. Uh, we count as one person. We are one entity. If you look in the, in the notes, it's with guests, Battleship Pretension. Like, it doesn't say David Bax, Tyler Smith. It says Battleship Pretension. We are <laughs> one thing. So, if you watch five and I watch five, we got ten. Yeah. And we will have uh, pulled our weight. Uh, and then another, uh, another announcement. Starting tomorrow, October 1st, it is time to submit your uh, nominations for the podcast awards. <laughs> so you're welcome to submit Battleship Pretension in the yes. TV film category. Very prestigious. And while you are over there, head on over to the religion category. Put in more than one lesson. Yeah. If I... Okay, as I have established, these mean nothing, but now, for some reason, having been thrice nominated, now I feel like, what am I doing wrong if that fourth one doesn't happen? <laughs> it sounds weird, but it like... It could be talking about how much, how little they mean. That could maybe... It could be that, yes. Deter your listen, our listeners from submitting. That's so, true. yeah, no, go ahead and submit it. It is Every Boy's Dream to win a podcast award. It sure is. And, uh... Uh, I, I certainly hope this is the year when, that it will happen. When that is and, all that boy has, yes, it is his dream. <laughs> uh, I can take all my um, uh, 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 suburban youth swimming league trophies off the mantle and go. replace them with one podcast award. Are you tired of hearing about uh, a certain award for a best actor? State of Missouri, year 2000? Male. Male. High school. Male. High school. And one Didn't act play. Um, <laughs> then, uh, Yeah. <laughs> Nominate Battleship Pretension for Podcast Award. <laughs> okay. Or more than one lesson. Either or. Or, or previously on. <laughs> go fucking nuts. Here's the thing, though. If they go previously on, they can't go Battleship Pretension. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Nominate, nom- nominate Battleship Pretension. We previously on hasn't done an episode in three weeks anyway. Um, but that's because we're, we're retooling. Yes. I'm retooling. Sure, so everybody. Yeah, everybody uh, go over yeah. to uh, previously on and support David in his time of, uh, of transition. Yeah. Okay. Right? Yeah. I just got to find time to do it. Yeah. Uh, All right. So thank you all for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye.